Psalm 127. Just a reminder, we're taking a little bit of a break uh, from Matthew. We'll be back there next week, and we will be finishing up. So I believe we have maybe um, three more sermons in Matthew, I think it is, or four, and we will be done with the book of Matthew. So today, uh, we're going to look at kind of a a one-off on Psalm 127, one of my favorite psalms. one of my favorites. I love it. And, uh, and hopefully that will come through as we look at it this morning. Just really talking about uh, our dependence on the Lord, our reliance on Him, and His power being perfected in our weakness. So let's stand, and we're going to read the whole psalm, even though we're only going to look at two verses, okay? So let's stand for the reading of God's holy word to us this morning. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. It is vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Amen. You can take a seat. Well, like I said, this is one of my favorite psalms. And the reason why it's one of my favorite psalms is because what God did in and through it uh, in my life and in my wife's life uh, during our college years. Um, Before this, I was on staff with a college ministry called Campus Outreach. And um, one of the guys there, uh, the, the leader of it, Um, who discipled me for three years. Um, This was kind of his favorite psalm, and it kind of became, for us, as a ministry, uh, kind of a a theme verse in many ways. And so we were there um, starting, kind of restarting a ministry, and it was a lot like planning a church. Um, A lot of the same difficulties and struggles and trials as church planning um, we kind of experienced as trying to plant or replant this campus ministry there at our college. And this psalm began to be our theme verse. And it was really reflected in our dependence upon prayer, for example. We woke up on many times uh, early 7 a.m., which is early for college students. Uh, We went and had prayer at the campus staff uh, people's house. And we prayed together uh, this psalm. We prayed together for God to move and to work on our campus. And so it was a, a theme for us. And we saw the Lord do so many great and mighty things in our time through college that it became for us just kind of almost a life verse or a life psalm that's something that kind of shaped who we were as Christians. And um, so for us, for me and Katie, and then hopefully for us today, this will be a great encouragement, a good injection of a sermon on God's great work in and through people like you and me. And hopefully, I think, an encouragement for us here planning this church in Atlantic City. And so for us this morning, what we're going to see is that uh, while it's good and necessary for us to take our responsibilities seriously, 
We are utterly dependent upon the Lord if there is to be any success. Okay? So let me read that one more time so it can sink in for us. While it's good and necessary for us to take our responsibility seriously, we are utterly dependent upon the Lord if there is to be any success. So let's first look at the main character in this psalm. And the first and main character is God. And so first we're going to see that the Lord must work. The Lord must work. We just read this, but I'll read it again. Verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So if you've been around kind of church or grown up in church, you've probably heard the terms and the tension that exists between God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. Okay? You've probably heard of that tension in those two terms, especially as it relates to things like our salvation or our sanctification. Take, for example, sanctification. That's just a big word for us becoming more and more like Jesus each and every day. Well, you might ask the question, well, once saved, do I just sit back and let God transform me? Or is it all up to me to become more and more like Jesus each and every day? Is it one or is it the other? And the Bible answers, neither. It's both. It requires God's work and it does require our work. But this tension exists all throughout the Bible on so many topics. And today we're going to see this tension existing in a very clear and present way. And the reason why I say tension is because the Bible does not allow us to go to one extreme or the other. For example, in the, in the example of sanctification, we can't go to the extreme that God does all the work and that we do nothing. Or the other extreme that's all up to us. There is a middle ground, a balance that the Bible strikes that we must live in. And that balance or tension is spoken of in our text today as it relates to our work and our labor and in whatever we do. So let's dive into this song. Right off the bat, we see and know that the main character and the main mover is God. Everything depends upon the Lord. Everything depends upon the Lord. Every bit of our work depends upon Him. It is the Lord, the God of the universe, Yahweh. He is the essential ingredient, as it were, if our work was to be successful. Whatever that work is, think about work very broadly here. As we dive into this verse, remember, as I learned in seminary, that repetition is very important in the Scriptures. So as you're studying the Bible, you need to think and be aware of what is being repeated. Is it words? Is it phrases? Is it concepts? Because repetition is one of those things that God uses to get things into our brain. And especially important in Hebrew poetry, uh, this idea of repetition. For example, the word used unless, that's used twice. The, um, the title, the Lord, all caps, twice. Vain, three times. And so these are things that God wants us to see and to really grasp as we understand this psalm. See, though we are introduced to the builder and the watchman, the emphasis is clearly on the Lord. There are two other characters in the story, and we're going to get to that. 
but the main emphasis is on the Lord. This shows us that the Lord, if the Lord is not doing it, the builder might as well stop building and go home. And if the, watch, if the Lord's not watching the city, well, the watchman might as well fall asleep because there's no point. The text says that it is vain without the Lord. That word means empty or falsehood or nothingness, vanity. In other words, it's pointless. So this verse is reminding us and giving us an encouragement today about the work of our hands, what we engage in each and every day, our roles and responsibilities, whether it's our job, our school, our parenting, our ministry, our play, whatever it may be, we cannot do it without Him. That seems like such a no-brainer, but it must be said, and we must remember it. If God does not move or work in people's heart, my job as a pastor is pointless. If God doesn't move and work in our children's hearts, then our work as parents is pointless. If God doesn't move or work in helping us to do our job in a godly way, then our efforts are pointless. And similarly, if God doesn't work in the planting of this church, our efforts are pointless. If He doesn't stir up interest in the things of God, if He doesn't bring conviction over sin, if He doesn't show people their need for Jesus, if He doesn't bring us more volunteers and more workers and more people to help us and minister alongside of us, then all of our efforts will be in vain and pointless. But this is also an encouragement to us. You might say, well, how is that an encouragement? The encouragement here is that it's not all up to us. It's not all up to you and to me to plant this church, for example, or to be a good parent, or to see people be changed. Yes, our job is important, and I do say ours because it's not just, for example, my job as a pastor, but it's your job together here planting this church. We're all in the game. But it's not the end-all, be-all. The weight is not on my or your shoulders ultimately. It's on His. And He can take the weight. It's on God's shoulders. And He can take the weight. Unless the Lord does it, it will not be done. You can say that about anything that's going on inside of your mind that you think is impossible right now or cannot be done. Unless the Lord does that, it will not be done. But you, as well as I, know that this doesn't mean that we don't have a part to play. And that's our second point that we're looking at. That we must work. You and I have work to do. But, but here's a warning, that we should not do it in vain. Verse 2, It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. And so now what we do is we turn to the human element. We turn to the builder and we turn to the watchman and then we turn to you and me in this psalm. What's our part? What do we play? Well first, let's, let's look at this question of what do we know about the builder and the watchman? 
Well, as we look at this text, we see that each of them must do their work. Right? Each of them has a job to do. The builder must build. The watchman must watch and guard the city. Also, we know that their work can be in vain. So even though there's work to do, we realize very quickly that their work can be in vain or pointless. We also see that their work is dependent upon the Lord. And then lastly, that their jobs are significant and affect people in significant ways. Right? If either of them messes up, it will affect a lot of people and probably cause great harm. If the watchman doesn't watch the city, if he's sleeping, enemies come, it destroys the city. If the builder doesn't build the house, well, then the house is not going to get built. Or if he builds it poorly, it's going to collapse. But even in knowing these things, one could easily come to the conclusion that since God is in control, and that since God must move, that they could just say, oh well, you know what, God's got this. Therefore, I can just kind of sit back and relax and sit on the beach, as it were, and drink pina coladas or juice boxes for the kids. Supposed to laugh at that. Um, (laughs) But no. No, the psalmist is clear here. There is work for you and I to do. Notice in verse 1, it doesn't say that the builder shouldn't build. It doesn't say that, right? It doesn't say, well, it's pointless, so builder, don't build. No, it's not what it says. Or watchmen, don't watch. What it does say that if the Lord doesn't bless it, if the Lord doesn't give success to it, then it is going to be in vain. At the end of the day, the builder must build the house if the building is to be completed. At the end of the day, the watchman must watch if the city is to stay secure and guard it. So too, we must wake up and go to work. We must get our kids up and get them ready for school. We must wipe our kids' bottoms. We must feed them. We must go through the mundane chores of everyday life. We have to keep our house or apartment clean and paying the bills. Everything else that goes uh, along with kind of the mundane day in and day out life. Take our kids to the doctors. Build friendships with our, our neighbors and our co-workers. Hoping to tell them about Jesus. And every single thing that God has called us to do, we must wake up tomorrow morning and start that over again. There's work for us to do. And yet, God's sovereignty in the Bible and in our lives does not negate our responsibility. It does not make our responsibility pointless. The two work beautifully hand in hand. So unless the Lord builds the house, and yet I have to go and build the house, D.A. Carson puts it like this. Uh, Verses 1 and 2 seem to suggest, leave it all to God, let go and let God, and enjoy a restful life. But in the Bible, the opposite of rest is not work, but restlessness. All All life must be lived to the full, all its joys enjoyed, and its duties performed in an unworried reliance on Him who is the doer of all. I thought that was really helpful, especially when he said, the opposite of rest is not work, but restlessness. Think about that. It'll come up here as as we look at the warning 
that the psalmist gives us. He tells us to be careful that our work is not in vain. He uses that word three times in our two little verses. Let me read this again. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. Who does that sound like? It seems to me it sounds like the average American go-getter spirit. And we are taught that's a good thing. Wake up early, work hard all day, go late to rest. And it's a good thing, right? To, be, to want to do our work and to want to work hard? Well, the Bible says maybe not. The Bible exposes what is the main or underlying problem here. And what the problem is that is pointed out in verse 2 is that there is an underlying motivation and drive that is sinful. It's the anxiety or wrong understanding of our view of work. And that's why it's vain. This anxious toil. It's not that work is wrong. It's the way in which we think about work and the way in which we do work that is wrong. That's being called out here. See, we must realize that we can do the right thing for the wrong reason or wrong motivation and still in the end be wrong. We can do the right thing but for the wrong reason and it's wrong and it's sinful and we must confess of that. Because of that, as we are seeking to do the right thing, we need to pray and to ask God to continually check our hearts and to search us, to ask us what's going on inside and make sure that we are doing our work in such a way and that we rely on Him. We trust in Him. We proclaim our dependence upon Him. And that we would continue on in our responsibility. And otherwise, the psalmist reminds us that we would be doing this in vain. That we would be doing this in vain. Well, the last thing I think that we want to see here before we close out is the result of this beautiful tension, this beautiful partnership between our work and the Lord's work. Really, what does God give His people? And we see it here in the last part of verse 2. He gives His beloved sleep. Sleep. What more does a tired worker or builder want than sleep at the end of the day, right? You go and do a hard day's work, and what do you want? You want to go home and you want to rest. You want to go to sleep. And sleep here is a gift from the Lord, even in the midst of hard labor. Hard labor. Good labor. One commentator says this, The blessing of God on the labor of the godly is such that his own are provided with all they need and can rest without anguish. Anguish is that experience by which the work is turned into toil. Human laboring under the sun becomes toil when God's blessing are absent. My question is, don't you and I want to labor in all that we are called to labor in without that anguish and with that rest? As we parent and as we go to work and as we build relationships with, with unbelievers, as we do whatever it is we are called to do in our lives, don't we want to work with that attitude of rest and with that attitude of trust and reliance upon God saying, He's got this. He's got this all under control. 
Yes, I've got a part to play, but I'm not the essential ingredient here. Unless the Lord does this, it will not be done. I sure do. But too many times, my work looks more like the anguish, looks more like the anxious toil that's talked about in this sermon. Why? Because I have a heart of anxiety about it. I run things through my mind over and over and over and over again, and I refuse to rest in the Lord. I refuse to come to Him and say, this thing is bothering me, or this situation, or this work before me, what am I supposed to do? And I refuse to rest in Him. What a shame when I could know His rest and His peace as I work. That I could have His heart of peace in me. So we have seen that we must work, but we don't want our work to be in vain. And I want to kind of offer some encouragement for us here as a church plant. Uh, here, and just really applying Psalm 127 to our church plan. And in one way, I want to encourage you guys that there is work to do. There is work to do. We still have to go and we have to give rise to people, to church, or to other things. There's nursery to be done, pioneer clubs, there's watching the babies, there's helping out with the Easter egg hunt and the community fun days and everything else that we do. It's coming up on UMT season, and and we're going to be going full tilt. There is lots and lots and lots of work to do. And all those things are necessary and good things for us to be used as the hands and feet of Jesus in this community. And yet, we know that it gets hard as we labor here, as we try to be faithful in all the roles that God has given us. We realize that it gets hard. And it gets tough. And it's not sexy. And it's not fun sometimes. And yet God calls us to it. Being active in God's church, giving of yourself and your time, your talents, and your treasures is costly. And it is exhausting. I know that we can all attest to that. It would probably be easier for us to stay at our homes, take care of ourselves, and take care of our families, and not give our life away. And yet... That is not what God calls us to do. God calls us to lay our lives down for the sake of others. So that others in our city and in our families, in our workplaces, would know Jesus and would be able to walk with Him. Not only to have their eternity changed, but their present changed. That we would see Jesus work in and through us. But we want our work not to be in vain. Let me think about this. How, how might our work be in vain? Let me give you three ways that our work here might be in vain. The first one is this. Overemphasizing our role in the planning of this church. Overemphasizing our role in the planning of this church. Kind of an attitude that says, it's all up to me. If this event is to be successful... Or if this one-on-one is to be successful, this counseling thing, or this opportunity that I have with this person, it's all up to me. That's one way that it can be in vain. We can overestimate ourselves. We can think that we are more important than we actually are. Well, the other way that it will be in vain is to say, 
Uh, let me, sorry, uh, I want to read this quote to you from my old pastor. It says this about the first one. You see, we were never self-sufficient, nor was our success ever just our own. God was behind it all. Because what we think when we overestimate ourselves is that we are self-sufficient. We are not dependent upon the Lord. When the psalm here clearly says, no, you are very dependent on the Lord. Utterly dependent upon the Lord. And so we see the opposite also, underemphasizing our role in this church plan. Underemphasizing our role, right? I'm not important. I don't matter. This little uh, thing that I've been given to do, taking out the trash or picking somebody up for church or whatever it may be, it's really not all that important. It's not crucial. It's not going to make or break things here. Thinking that we are just not part of the picture, that God's not going to use us. Or maybe it's a cavalier attitude to say, you know what? If God's going to build His church, God's going to build His church. So let's just go hang out at the beach all day and wait for God to build His church. It's all in God's hands. So we can overestimate our role and responsibilities, and we can also underestimate our role and responsibilities in the planning of this church. But the last way, the last way that we can do our work in vain is by having this anxious, restless attitude about our work. An anxious, restless attitude about our work that stems from prayerlessness. That stems from prayerlessness. One of the most important things that we do each and every week is we have our prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. Prayer is to be a foundational aspect of our building this church. And yet, when we are prayerless, it probably shows that we are anxious. It shows that we have a restless heart. That we are trying to do things our way and without God's help. And our work would be in vain. If we are running around like chickens with our heads cut off trying to do these events and trying to do these ministry outreaches and whatever else we are doing, and yet we're doing it just with complete anxiety, complete restlessness, utter chaos, it would be in vain. Well, as we close this morning, I want to close with uh, just a few lyrics from a song that I was introduced to by a friend, uh, the guy that discipled me in college I talked about earlier. His name is Clint Darst. And he introduced me to a, um, a song called All Glory Be to Christ. And it's by a band uh, named King's Kaleidoscope. It says this, Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house it's in vain, its builders strive. To you who boast tomorrow's gain, tell me what is your life. A mist that vanishes at dawn, all glory be to Christ. And then the chorus, all glory be to Christ our King, all glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing, all glory be to Christ. Unless the Lord builds the house. It's builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And unless the Lord plants this church, unless the Lord helps our children, unless the Lord helps us to do our work in a way that is godly and honoring to Him, 
it will be in vain. But if we depend upon the Lord and rely upon Him and to say, Jesus, we can't do this without You. We need You. Help us also at the same time to be responsible. Then He will build the house. He will build our families. He will build our work and our play. And He will bless it and give success in the way that He sees fit. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for these words from Psalm 127. It is a beautiful psalm. And God, we thank You for um, just the way that You give us encouragements and warnings at the same time. God, in Your Word, You give us uh, rebukes and at the same time encouragement. And so we thank You for that. Search our hearts, Lord, and show us the places that we have an anxious and restless spirit about our work. God, would You bring us to repentance over that? Also, at the same time, Lord, would you encourage us that you are at work. You are at work in our families. You are at work in our children's lives. You are at work at our places of work. You are at work in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our city. And God, we pray that you would please build this church in a way that is honoring to you, in a way that glorifies you, in a way that makes much of your name, makes you famous and not us. God, would you give us strength to keep plotting and to keep persevering as a church, to go through that mundane things, to go through the things that drive us insane or, or get on our last nerve, all for the sake of you, Jesus. Give us your grace, give us your rest, your power being perfected through our weakness, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's stand for our closing song.